This is the Big Easy Bets Podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. I'm going to go over to the McDonald's and get one of them motherfuckers an ass clown. This is episode 76, and we've got the first weekend of madness in the books, and uh, that pretty much sums it up perfectly, uh, madness. We're going to break down all the upsets, break down uh, just really everything that went down. We're going to recap our picks from last episode. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Also, at the end, we might touch on a little UFC 260 uh, just for a little bit. But, I mean, it's March. So, who really gives a shit about the UFC right now? So, yeah. Uh, I guess let's start it off with last episode. Um, your number one overall pick was Illinois. Yeah. And they went down second round to Loyola, Chicago. They're back again. The Ramblers, I think they're called. Um, they're about to change their name to the Sister Jeans because she may be a nun, but she's making some deals with the devil because <laughs> there's no reason that Loyola Chicago should be where they're at. All of a sudden, uh, Moses Moody for Georgia Tech gets COVID, I believe is what it was. Was it COVID? Yeah. It, yeah. I think so. Um, just out of nowhere. Tests positive when he gets there, and then out of nowhere comes a uh, – Comes a, a or test negative when he gets there. Then comes a positive COVID test. So Sister Jean's pulling some strings behind the scenes. But yeah, what uh, what? How do you feel after the first weekend, bro? <laughs> uh, so our bets like they went good, but my brackets busted, <laughs> like all of them. Yeah, I still have my Baylor brackets very much still in play. Um, the way it's breaking down. So the biggest. The thing I'll touch on what made me more mad than anything um, from the first two days was Texas losing to Abilene Christian. Uh, Shaka Smart deserves to be fired, without a doubt. Abilene Christian cannot score the ball at all. They forced Texas into, like, I think 20-plus turnovers. They lost by one point, 53 to 52, um, which was a trending topic throughout the first two days was that the under was the way to go on the majority of these games. Yeah. Uh, but Shaka Smart deserves to be fired. If Texas doesn't go out, I'm my Baylor bracket is in the driver's seat by far. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. So for me to win, so we're in a big pool with about uh, right around 100 people um, looking at a $2,500 payout. Uh, for me to win, I think I need Bama. I need neither Michigan nor Florida State to get to the Final Four because I'm already down Texas. So I would need Houston, Zaga, Baylor, um, and anybody but Michigan or Florida State to get to the Final Four, and then obviously Baylor to play Gonzaga and win. So very, very possible. If uh, Alabama does lose to UCLA, UCLA could always win. You never know. So I don't feel great about it, but the good thing is... Yeah, I don't see it. You don't see it? What? You don't see what? I think Alabama... Oh, no, yeah. If you need Michigan and Florida State... Not to make the Final Four your best chance there is Alabama. No, definitely. But the good thing is Michigan and Florida State, well, they're going to cannibalize each other. One's going down. They got to Yeah, play. yeah. So anything can happen. If I don't see Alabama losing, but if UCLA does beat them, then they're obviously we, – we vastly underestimated the Pac-12. Yeah. 
The Pac-12 is dominating this tournament. The Big Ten, who we said was the best conference, in the in the Big Twelve, what? Who's would arguably oh, oh, be yeah, the yeah. next best? Yeah, or like maybe you could make an argument that they were the best overall. Yeah, you got Kansas gone. You got Texas gone. There's um, only two teams left from both of those conferences. Yeah, Texas Tech is gone. I know it, it's Oklahoma State. See you later. Uh, West Virginia's gone. It really is. It's Baylor and Michigan. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. It's weird. This is why nobody will ever pick a perfect bracket because you can't plan for well, the co- some of these COVID kind of. I don't know. It just like I I blame the seeding. The seeding. Yeah, was the seeding was poor. Up. I don't know what they were thinking. Like BYU didn't deserve a six seed. No, not um, not at all. And then Creighton. I know they're still alive, but at a five seed. I mean, I don't think that. Where do you think they should have been? Lower than that, yeah. You know, you score forty-eight points against Georgetown in in the championship. No, yeah. So, all right, I'm I'm gonna try to keep us on track, I guess, because I could go on a tangent about Creighton. I could go on a tangent about everybody. Um, but yeah, the the first and foremost thing, Shaka Smart deserves to be fired. One hundred percent deserves to be fired. Um, but all right, let's go quadrant by quadrant. We'll start with Gonzaga's. Um, obviously. Nick's drinking a, uh, <laughs> a soda. Um, I said from the get-go, I felt like Gonzaga had the easiest run. Um, right under them was Oklahoma and Missouri, the 8-9. Oklahoma kind of got the short end of the stick with Davion Harmon, their second-leading scorer, um, testing positive for COVID, but it didn't matter. They ended up beating Missouri altogether. M- Missouri's extremely overrated um, or just a waste of talent. But, Okay, we'll go we'll go into Creighton because this was one of my upset picks was uh UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos over Creighton. Um and they lost by one point. They missed a basically a point blank layup to yeah, lose. And terrible. That, that just goes to show you how And it was like I just wish the guy would have went up a little bit stronger no, yeah, because he, he did get away. fouled, but he like tried to sell it too much and then like said so you don't wanna put it in the hands of the officials right there like yeah no, you need to try to contact. make yeah f- finish it no matter what because yeah. you just never know he tried to kind of sell it he tried to finesse it and fall back and look like he got hit instead of exploding to the rim and finishing um which if he does that they win the game and then great yeah. gone but that just goes to show you how quickly or, no, no, or, think that, or how little little one plays can completely change somebody's tournament run because then Creighton gets to go play Ohio, who upsets Virginia, and then now Creighton's playing Gonzaga. Like, Creighton's in the Sweet 16 now when they shouldn't even got out of the first round. Yeah. You think what? Well, I think Santa Barbara would have beat Ohio as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's how I had it in my bracket. Me too. Yeah, I did, I so did it's as like, well. like just like that, bam, you're yeah, down yeah. with a however three points. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, Virginia and Ohio, 13 over a four. Virginia obviously had all the COVID stuff circulating around their team. Um, Ohio got the win. Ohio's good. They Like I said, Jason Preston, the guy who they were comparing to LaMelo Ball, he's damn good. Um, they upset Virginia. That was one of my picks on the on the weekend. Um, so we got a nice money line, and I think it was plus seven and a half with the spread there. Uh, USC moves on. Um USC, I underestimated USC after seeing what they did to Kansas in the round of 32. Absolutely dismantled Kansas. But um, Oregon got a free pass against VCU, which mm, was a little – I don't know. I never heard – did you ever hear what happened with VCU? They, they had an outbreak. They did have an outbreak? Yeah. Okay. I, I couldn't tell if they just broke protocol and got punished by getting booted or – No, it was like 
it, it was happening, I guess, the pregame test or something were coming back. Because it got canceled kind of not right before the game, but like Pretty two hours or an hour minute. before the game. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. You wonder if, if they would have played against VCU, and VCU is good defensively and is a tough team. How that <clears> – <throat> How that Iowa game because they just came out and exploded against Iowa. Oh, yeah. You just wonder Iowa, how it would have went if they would have had a play bef- a game before. Yeah, maybe not as fresh legs, but Iowa scored eighty something points and no, still dude, lost. Oregon could not miss. Yeah, and that's what I was saying about Chris Duarte. They've got uh, what's his name Richardson. They've got yeah. some shooters and they got guys. That's I think I I might have said if I didn't I should have. They they're comparable to Houston, like those athletic bigs, not not a bunch of huge guys, but guys that'll crash the offensive and defensive glass, kick it out to their shooters, a lot of 3 and D guys. Um, so they're going to be a problem. They're, they're going to have a big matchup against USC. That uh, That's a game that I'm very much looking forward to watching. Uh, but, yeah, Gonzaga's got a stranglehold on that quadrant like we expected. Um, below them, Michigan obviously gets past the 16 seed. LSU plays a very good game against, Saint, uh, against the Bonnies. Uh, and then we saw a – Tough LSU matchup against Houston in the second round. Uh, Cam Thomas came out on fucking fire, like incredibly on fire. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of cooled off. There was some really questionable officiating in the second half. You, you saw the play where the Michigan guy stepped out of bounds driving baseline. And yeah, they, I thought they don't call that, and then they get a clean swipe on the ball, goes off Michigan's leg, and they call a foul. Yeah, I did see that was a bullshit call. That was a turning point in the game. Yeah, there was a lot of bad calls over on both sides. I just thought the officiating overall was poor. Oh, yeah, like not by not too much bias in one direction, but I just thought like there was some no yeah bad calls like where both teams had legitimate arguments to be yeah. uh, mad at the officials. No, yeah, I saw a lot of people blaming the officials for the loss, um, for LSU's loss, but no. Javante Smart had plenty of opportunities where he got into the middle of the lane and had a floater just rim out. Same with Watford. We did, we missed a lot of shots that we were making in the first half. We missed a lot of those in the second half. Um, Michigan's just a little more disciplined. I, I put on Twitter, LSU was one dominant big man away from really making some noise in this tournament. We needed a Cavell Bigby Williams. We needed a guy who could protect the rim, get some boards, and just really be a dominant presence down in the paint. Uh, Watford's not that guy. He's a different style of player. He's incredibly good at what he does, but he's not that defensive presence that's going to Yeah, and he didn't play as good as we needed him to, especially no. at the free throw line. Like, Yeah, no, the free throws were, were critical. Um, but I didn't, I didn't walk away from that game, like, disappointed in LSU. No, uh, if anything, you know, you had to be excited that we got out up on them. And Michigan's a good team, you know, that – they shot the ball pretty good against yeah. us, and um, got, that's why they were Eli able Brooks. to come back. You got Eli Brooks was keeping them in the game. Yeah, for sure. Because um, if he wasn't hitting those shots, LSU would have been pulling away. Yeah. Um, Colorado and Georgetown. I was on this 12-5 upset. I, don't th- I didn't give it out on the podcast, I don't believe, as a personal pick, but in my bracket I definitely had Georgetown. Bad pick. I uh, saw what they did to Creighton. Colorado absolutely shot the lights out of the ball. So there never stood a chance. Game was never close. So you were all over that, weren't you? Yeah. Did you bet that? Um, no. No. Well, I know you were big on Colorado. Um, obviously Florida State advances, then Florida State advanced again versus Colorado in the second round. Uh BYU 
in UCLA. UCLA won. Um, again, Texas fucking it up against Abilene Christian. UConn and Maryland. This game really aggravated me. Uh, Book Knight did not have the game I was hoping for. UConn just came out really lethargic. Didn't look like they really wanted it. I, I don't really know what was going on with that. It was yeah, Book Knight struggled from the free throw line as well. Yeah, I know. Which it was kind of a close game there towards the end, and if. He would have just been hitting his free throws. It, it would have been a different type of a game. Yeah. So, like I said, the tournament is about those players taking it over, and Book Knight did not look like he wanted to take it over. So that was really disappointing. Uh, Bama obviously got past Iona. Uh, so top white, top right quadrant, you've got Baylor, um, North Carolina, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin blew the brakes off of North Carolina. Um, gave Baylor a run for about twelve minutes in the first half, and then I mean Baylor's just dominant. Baylor's dominant. They really are. Um, Nova gets path, past Winthrop. That was one of Justin's picks last week. I didn't see Winthrop. I didn't think that that was a good idea. Uh, Nova's been there before. Nova's too disciplined. They're, they're really well coached. Yeah. Fund, fundamentally sound. So at first, like on my bracket, I was on Winthrop, but that's – it's a, it was a last-minute change where I was like, just – it's not going to happen. I have to, I had to go with Villanova, but I also thought North Texas would beat Villanova. And they yeah. just had one of those. Dude, they had a game where it was like North Texas is either really good or they can't make it in the hole for, to save their lives. Yeah. And they I'm had a stretch like that droughts. where they couldn't make it. And Vil- give Villanova credit, dude. They shot the ball extremely well against North Texas. Yeah. Well, that jumps the gun to the second round there. But you did get your number one pick of the weekend was North Texas money line over Purdue. Um, and I'm sure you had them on the spread as well. So you hit both there. Um, that was a good pick. The mean green, what are they, the Eagles? Yeah, they're just the mean green, but they have an Eagle logo. All right, whatever you got to do. Uh, Purdue Purdue looked exactly how we thought. They're, they're not, Purdue's not a really good team. They're, I didn't like Purdue from the get-go. You were very big on North Texas, so that sealed the deal there. We both hit on this. Uh, so if you listen to the podcast and you rolled with that pick, you were happy to see that. Um, that was a late, late end of the first day game. Um, so that was enjoyable to watch for sure. Uh, Texas Tech won first round, ends up losing Arkansas second round. Uh, Virginia Tech and Florida. So this was the first game of the day. Um, obviously, we said we were going to pick the first game. We bet the first game sitting in the sports book at the IP. Uh, we all went with Virginia Tech. Yeah, and on the podcast, I was definitely with Florida. Yeah, but you decided to go Virginia Tech. Yeah, and it was a, it was a, it just came down to luck. So I no, mean, yeah, it was a hundred percent a toss up. We had some Florida fans in the sports book um, who were really feeling themselves, knowing that they were going to lose next round to Oral Roberts. Um, but they got fired up. The guy Deruji gets the rebound, um, gets fouled, goes to the free throw line to ice the game. And the guy's, like, looking over at us, like, staring at us. So, I'm like, it'd be a shame if Deruji misses two free throws in a row. And he does. And then Virginia Tech goes down. And the what absolutely was, like, the quintessential March Madness feel, Virginia Tech goes down and just nails a three with, like, a second. Yeah, they're like, foul him, foul him, yeah. foul him. <laughs> <laughs> Sends it to overtime. The whole place goes crazy. It was awesome. Um but then, obviously, we didn't get it done in overtime. But the guy that w- looked like a beach ball in his Florida in his Florida uh, shirt obviously wanted it more than we did. So, congratulations. I'm happy for you. You get your first-round victory. And then you lose to Oral Roberts in the second round, who upset Ohio State, which absolutely kicked off just the bad 
the bad um, turn of events for my bracket. I didn't bet this game, but I actually thought about it because, dude, I mean, 20 times or whatever, 99 times out of 100, I feel like Ohio State wins this game. And they had plenty of opportunities late game to hit a big shot. And by they, I mean Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington doesn't have a clutch bone in his body because he had a look at the end of regulation to win the game. And then he had a look, a perfect wide open. Well, first off, Arns, the white dude, um, throws up this ridiculous shot. They get lucky enough to get a tip. Yeah, it almost banked in. Yeah. Tip rebound goes right to Washington at the top of the key. That would have been the tie, right? Yeah. So he could have tied it, sent it to double overtime, and he misses it. Dude could not hit a shot to save his life. Yeah. Really the whole game. Yeah, and that's like been Ohio State's Achilles heel is at the end of the games. They they don't close games well, and yeah, yeah. they're no, yeah, you got to have somebody that's going to hit the big shot, and that's the guy you want shooting. That's their best shooter. Yeah. Um, but good God, and and but then they're giving death threats to EJ Liddell, who played incredible. I don't I don't understand that. The death threats shouldn't go anywhere, but if they're going to go to somebody, <laughs> send them to fucking Washington. I mean, my goodness. Um, but some that's why there'll never be a perfect bracket, dude. You can't plan for an Oral Roberts. To win and then win again, like it's, it's they're good though. Yeah, they're well. They shoot a lot. Like they're they're the we're gonna get a ton of shots up and play our percentages. But they have two really good players. Yeah, that can score. No, yeah, definitely. Um, and you're looking at eleven point favorites for Arkansas versus. Yeah, that's a game I watch out for. Yep. Um. All right, and then last quadrant, bottom right, the Midwest. Um. Illinois. Obviously wins first round. Loyola Chicago gets lucky with uh, Georgia Tech getting their best player, testing positive for COVID. But they're the real deal because in the second round, they go and take out Illinois. Um, that's what I'm saying. I don't know what Sister Jean's doing over there, but she's cooking something up. Um, Oregon State over Tennessee. I really like this pick. I was big on them. It's not even so much that I really liked Oregon State. It was that I hated Tennessee. This was one of my games. Yeah, um, and I hated Tennessee as well. Yeah, and they – I. I the whole nine yards. I bet this. This was, uh, it was great to watch. It, to just because Tennessee's terrible, they really are. I, the styles didn't match up in this game. Didn't favor Tennessee, and they showed it on the court. So Tennessee went down. That was another twelve five um, defeat. So let's see how many twelve fives did we have? We had one, just two, right? Oh no, just one, just one. That was only twelve five. I'll be damned. But thirteen over a four. We had one. We had two, and then we had two. yeah, so two, two, two thirteens over four, and then one twelve over five. Um, Oklahoma State moves on. Okay, so let's talk about San Diego State and Syracuse. Mm, yeah, you were very big on San Diego State. I told you watch out for Buddy Beheim in that Syracuse zone, and I mean they wasn't even close. Yeah, well the difference here is obviously Syracuse shot the ball good and. San Diego State didn't. <laughs> well, yeah. I think they were like 18% from three-point. Well, that's range. what that zone can do for you. I guess. I mean, if you can shoot, they're, they're a team that shoots it close to 40% on the season. So, mm. to me, I just don't – in the Pac-12 championship, I mean, in the um, the the Mountain West championship, they kind of struggled to shoot it against Utah State. Yeah. But they, they were still able to come out victorious. And – um. I don't know. I just didn't see that dragging over into the tournament, but it did because yeah. they didn't shoot it well again, and then obviously it cost them against the Syracuse team. 
But Syracuse is obviously the real deal because then they go down and take down West Virginia. Yeah, which wasn't that surprising because uh, West Virginia's bums. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a bad matchup for West Virginia, a team that doesn't shoot that great, um, even though McNeil did get hot. They don't shoot across the board well enough to really bother that zone. Um, and, I mean, Buddy Beheim's just playing out of his mind right now. Um, my number one pick of the day was Rutgers, 10 seed over Clemson. Uh, the seven seed and Rutgers, it, it was close. It was a nail-biter there, but I think they won by four. They were favored by one, I think, one and a half. Whenever I gave it out, it went to two, um, but they cover everything. Um, so that was good to see. Uh, and then, obviously, Houston uh, gets past Cleveland State. And then Rutgers and Houston was an incredible game. Like, yeah. I need Houston for, like, every one of my brackets, and this was – an incredible game. This was one of those – well, Dejon Giroux is playing hurt um, with a bad hip, telling his mom after the game that he's a savage. He said, I got a week to rest up. I'm a savage. I'll be all right. Um, he played incredible. I need more out of Marcus Sasser. Exactly. Sure. But he did hit two big free throws. Yeah, but, but good God, it. hit a goddamn three-pointer. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he, if he even has just an okay shooting game, the game's not even really within reach. Mm-hmm. Um but I can't remember who it was. It was a true freshman, made an incredible play after Giroux put one off the front rim. Fly, yeah, I think his name might be Marks. It is, it is. It's Mark. number 12. It's Mark. Yeah. Mark. Flies in, grabs the Call offensive Marks. rebound out the air like you're playing tips, and tips it back in, gets fouled, and one hits the free throw. It was incredible. Um, so had to have it. It was a really good comeback. Houston scrappy. Um, Rutgers is a really good team. I didn't love this matchup for Houston, uh, but they were able to get through. It's just survive in advance. It doesn't matter how you win, just win. But Houston set up for a really tough game against Syracuse. Um, so we'll touch on the Sweet 16 um, and give our picks on what we think in just a second. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of games. A lot of games I'm looking at. I'm going to I'm gonna pick every single one, and I'm going to bet every single one because – you kind of go into that hibernation mode when March is over, even though I'm sure we'll be betting a little baseball. But got to go all out while you got it. Um, but should we talk about um, our time at the casino? I guess if you want, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we got kicked out of the IP. Um, huh. <laughs> Nick almost had to get his leg amputated. Oh, yeah, that's uh... That's another story, but um, all in all, I, I had I had a good time. We were at the sports book. Then we go play on the tables. Um, I think we were the only ones that made money. I don't think any. Alec might did. made a little bit oh, of craps. Right. Alec got down, and then a friend of ours got down, and then he gets back up on craps. But like significant money, we were the only ones. Yeah. Um. Everybody else lost. Joseph lost his. Joseph's been on the podcast before. He lost his right to stay at the IP. Uh, because he didn't want to put his mask on and the Jameson shots were really hurting him. Um, but so Joseph almost got arrested. We had to leave. And then we ended up going to Harris and we played blackjack till like three, something like that. Um, but it was, it was a chaotic day for sure. Um, but yeah, you got bit by a spider or something. Something dude. <laughs> like, so we got to Harris and we were playing and, it started off really good on blackjack and then like immediately turned around to like death 
<laughs> what with you and Chase? No, with you and me. Oh, right, right, right. And um, yeah, yeah. You so said like get in up the and middle run. of it, I was like, hey, we should get up and run. <laughs> no, yeah. You say get up and run. You get up, and then I go and hit twenty four straight hands in a row. Yeah, which it would definitely wouldn't have happened if I was playing. No, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I'm telling you this. I have like, so when I play blackjack, I definitely prefer a hand shuffle over any type of mechanical shuffle. And um, the reason is is because I don't trust mm-hmm. machines. <laughs> because, like, if they had a chance to somehow get away with rigging it more than it already is rigged, then that, they would do would be the then chance, they yeah. would be able to do it with that. So like in my eyes, this is what happened. Um so we bought in, we got up a little bit, and then we lost it all, had to buy in for another two hundred, and then I buy in for another hundred. So I'm in for five hundred and at the time I had two hundred chips <laughs> left, two hundred dollars. So I put up a hundred, I'm feeling like the cards are about to turn. I have a double down opportunity. I double, so I have two hundred up there. I lose it, <laughs> and at this point, I still like I self. I feel like I was unlucky on that hand, so I buy in for five hundred more, and I ask for black. Oh, this was at Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it was like five shoes left in a hand, and I hit four, four of them, betting a hundred. So I was still down two hundred, but I'm like looking at this fucking box, <laughs> and it's just like I know the. Eye in the sky, just seeing me buy in for blacks. I got eight blacks in front of me. It's like, do I want to risk it? <laughs> them putting up a rigged shoe in front of me, and I was just like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And I screwed them because it was one on one, and it messed up the, uh, it messed up their rigging. <laughs> so and Logan ripped big on them. So Nick gets out, and he's he's under the impression that they hit the button in the sky to fuck up first base. So. Yeah, he gets off <laughs> right as the shoe's starting, so it's designed for first base to get shit on. Well, I'm sitting at second base. I'm sitting in the middle, and I absolutely go on a run and like pulled out another like it wasn't like 24 hands in a row like earlier at IP, but it was a lot. It was a it was a lot. I came all the way back. I was in for shit. I think I was in for five, and then walked out like I I was in like on my last hundred or two hundred with five or six on the table and walked out up 200. So, um, we, it was definitely, it was definitely a prosperous night on the tables for us. Yeah, then I went to roulette and that was a whole nother <laughs> ordeal, but we won't talk about it, but I want to, I ended up winning a hundred over there, but had to, it had to go down to an all in <laughs> on, on 300 on red. And luckily I didn't get hit with the, uh, jump out the red and jump yeah. into a black. Yeah. And at this point it's like three, three thirty in the morning. Like it, it's, it's, it's late. It's early in the morning. Um, but yeah, all in all, a good day, I would say. Uh, other than getting kicked out of the IP, we had to go watch day two at the Scarlet Pearl because we figured we probably weren't going to be allowed back at the IP with a certain somebody. Um, but yeah, I, I had a good time. It, it definitely, after having it get canceled last year, I felt like this this exceeded expectations in the sense of I, I walked out of there thinking I had a good time. It helps that I made a, a chunk of money. Uh, whereas if I didn't, it probably wouldn't have been as fun, but, um, but yeah, so sweet 16 is here this weekend, Saturday and Sunday and the Monday, Tuesday, you got the elite eight. Um, so let's start, I mean, fuck, I guess let's start 
on the west portion of the bracket. You got Gonzaga and you got Creighton. Um, oh, no. Actually, let's go in order. We'll go in order. Sorry. Yeah, Oregon State. Yeah, Oregon State versus Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago's six-and-a-half-point favorites. It's the first game on Saturday. That old bag, Sister Jean, is pulling some strings. Um, so are you rolling with with Sister Jean or are you going with the Beavers? Um, I don't know. This was tough, huh? It is tough, yeah. It's I, like it, on the one – I feel like um, – Six and a half is too many, but so does everybody else because like eighty five percent of the money's on Oregon State right now. So really, I don't know. I hate being on that. Like I hate the public to me. I just don't like riding with them on everything. You know? Yeah, I don't love it either. But I also feel like it's like, dude, the a Cinderella story again. They're good. No, yeah, and at this point, it's not even really a Cinderella because they're an eight seed. They just match right? it like the way they the style of. The way they play, it just matches up well with with a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, you look at um, who's going to give them problems. No, yeah, I don't. Love even them. after the next round, I mean, if if them in Houston advance, which that's what I'm predicting is going to happen. I mean, that's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I would love to see that game. I think Houston will smack the shit out of them. I think that's where the run stops. To be quite honest. I think Houston's got too much uh, perimeter length, and then they're, they're, they're just a different. They're just different. Yeah, the rebounding, I think, here off the offensive rebounding for mm-hmm. Houston is going to be problematic for Royal Chicago. But we'll but have yeah, to see if that ahead. even happens. Yeah, that's looking ahead. Um, but, yeah, so which side are you leaning? Um, It is tough. It's like, I don't know. I think Oregon, it's like, I don't know what – what is Oregon State's game plan going to be? Because both of these teams are like slower paced teams mm-hmm. who play really good defense, and uh, Oregon State has shown that they've been able to score decent amount of points against some good defenses. So it's just I don't know if the pace from Loyola Chicago is going to be too much to overcome as far as the way they slow it down and just play methodical yeah. and sound. It's like yeah, they take care of the ball. They go through their offense. They I don't think you to sleep. the plan for Oregon State should be to try to speed it. I think they have to somehow beat them at their own game. Yeah, or at least try to. And that's why I'm gonna shoot at the under here. It's one twenty five and a half, which it's is so like hard. dumb low. It's so hard to take that. Um, but it's to me, it's like the it's like when um Army and Navy those yeah. unders. It's just like they to me, this hit. is the way it's gonna. Yeah, you think, okay, it's got to hit over now at some point. It never does. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's like, dude, are the are the Ramblers really about to go to the Elite Eight after going to the Final Four? Ah, man, it's tough. It is. The, but w- the way they were able to ju- – they didn't just, like, beat oh, Illinois. No. They dominated. Oh, yeah, from wire to wire finish. It wasn't even, like – it, it wasn't like, damn, they just got hot and Illinois couldn't come back from it. Like, no, they beat Illinois down for 40 minutes. Um, but so, then Oregon State, man, they smashed. They didn't really play close games with Tennessee. Or, I, think, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go Loyola-Chicago here. Um, I mean, I feel like with, with Oklahoma State, like Cade Cunningham, you know he – He's not really thinking they're winning a championship. He's looking ahead to the NBA draft. He's going to be the number one pick. Like, 
I, I, I mean, I don't. This is a tough. It's a tough one, but I'm gonna take Loyola Chicago with the points. Um, I think they're better than Oregon State. Oregon State's overachieving in this tournament. The entire Pac-12 is overachieving in this tournament. Um, but I'll go with the Ramblers. I, at at some point, you gotta you gotta go with God. So, and Sister Jean's she she knows something. She's doing something. Um, so I got I gotta back her. Um, so you're on the under. I'll take I'll take the Ramblers. Next game is gonna be another good one. Villanova versus Baylor. Baylor's seven point favorites. Um I'm gonna go Baylor, I'll tell you right off the bat. Um Baylor's too damn good. Nova I, Baylor's too good on the perimeter defensively to for Nova to have a shooting performance like they have been. Um I don't think that if they do try to feed Robinson Earl and like let him go to work down on the post, they're not going to be able to keep up with Baylor shooting. Baylor's the perfect team right now, in my opinion. Baylor's got everything. Yeah, Gonzaga's damn good. Gonzaga is damn good, but Baylor can score with Gonzaga, in my opinion, and Baylor's defense is far and away better than Gonzaga's. Yeah, I just don't know if the scoring part, like I know Baylor can shoot it, but it's just like the way that Gonzaga is able to play like they didn't even they had their worst shooting performance which of the season which was 49 percent field mm-hmm. goal percentage and i watched them and they looked phenomenal so it's like if that's the worst that they are no yeah i i hope we get i definitely see. think that the matchup between baylor and gonzaga is is the toughest for gonzaga but i mean oh yeah that's not even debatable they can match up with the guards but there's just so much there's so much depth on Gonzaga and then uh, Timmy's fucking good dude around the rim. Yeah, he is. Like <laughs> better than I thought he was. I've been telling you he's that finesse kind of guy. His footwork's just incredible. Yeah. No, I I really hope um that that's the matchup we get to see. That's the matchup everybody wants to see. Um you want to see Baylor and Gonzaga number 1 versus number 2. Go at it. Um I think that would make for a really incredible game see kind of what's better the best defense or the best offense um but gonzaga's defense is better than i thought it was yeah but it's not better than baylor's no no it isn't but baylor i don't i think definitely gonzaga has the edge on offense no yeah they do but i think the gap is closer between baylor baylor's offense and gonzaga's offense than it is with gonzaga's defense and baylor's defense i think the gap's closer offensively than we want to think because Dude, they've got their fourth option scoring is shooting 40% from the three-point line. Yeah, the biggest thing with Gonzaga is, like, they don't foul a lot. Yeah. They play good defense without fouling, so. Yeah, but Davion Mitchell, when he's taking it to your chest, they're, he's going he's gonna to make you – he's going to make foul calls happen. So his ability to attack the rim is, like and, – and then Mayer, the white dude, who can do it all, like, who's going to guard him? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he can step out. He's the one I was talking about. He's shooting forty percent from the three point line, but he can also attack the rim. He can facilitate. He can, he can do a lot. He can guard a lot of different positions. Um, he's a critical, critical player for for the Baylor Bears. Um, but yeah, I I hope that's the matchup we get to see. But obviously that that's looking way ahead. Uh, but with Baylor and Nova, which side are you leaning? Baylor. I feel like you got to go Baylor. Exactly what you said. Villanova is lucky enough to have made it this far. Yeah. If they would have got a, a good performance out of North Texas, it, they wouldn't have survived. North Texas had a bad game, and 
That's why Villanova advanced. But Baylor's, like you said, just, just the perimeter defense is going to be too much for them to be able to keep up. Um, I like Baylor big in this one. Yeah, I could see Villanova keeping it close in the first half um, a little, but then, I mean, they're going to pull – Baylor's going to pull away. It's inevitable. They will pull away. Um, so next one of the day is probably the most intriguing. Um, Oral Roberts versus Arkansas. Arkansas is 11-point favorites. Um, Arkansas had to go through Colgate, who gave him a scare for about 10 minutes in the first half of the first game, and then they went through Texas Tech, which – Texas Tech made a push there at the end um, and missed a fucking point-blank layup. Mm-hmm. It was it was contested, but it was right there. He hit him beat. It you was gotta open. you got to make that layup. You have to. Um, but Arkansas survives and advances, um, and they're playing a team that they were not expecting to play. They probably thought, okay, we're going to play Ohio State. If not, we'll play Florida. Um, well, the team you're playing went through both of them. And Oral Roberts. So you're looking at 11-point favorites for Arkansas. It's like, at what point? That's what you always got to you always got to wonder. At what point does the story? What time does the Cinderella story like run out? When's the clock striking midnight? Um, because if Arkansas wins, I think they win big. So it's uh, it's tough. This one I didn't even pick this one. I put question marks by it. I wanted to see what you what you thought. Um Yeah, I wouldn't bet against Oral Roberts. No. No, cuz they're just their players are good. Yeah. So, you know, you to and me Ar- I, Arkansas can hit those scoring droughts too. Yeah, no, they struggled to score against Tech, which is which could be a problem if that lingers into this round, so. Same thing initially with Colgate. Yeah. So, I mean, you just look at it and um, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to have to bet it, I feel like it's a more dangerous bet to bet Arkansas. Because, yeah, I mean, it's a lot. a lot of points. And this dude, Max A's miss, because, mm-hmm. like, the B silent, and then it turns into an S somehow. Uh-huh. That's how they say it. And Kevin O'Banner is, like, they both guys that average 20 points a game. One's a forward, 6'8", Kevin O'Banner, who can shoot from the outside. Yeah. And then Max Aismas, he's one of the best guards so far in the tournament. I just like – I like going with a team that has a guard like Aismas that can control the game. And uh, I I do think that that duo there is good enough to keep this one fairly close. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Oral Roberts. But I'm also shooting at the under here. It's 159. Okay. Which, which, if you look at both of um, Oral Roberts' first games, I mean, against Ohio State, which was a game I was considering taking the under, it went to overtime and still hit the under. And then in the next game, they scored a lot of points with Florida. But um, I don't know, just Arkansas, if they struggle to score at all, it's not that I think Oral Roberts will like get out to a big lead or anything, but I feel like this under's kind of safe here. It just seems like a lot. You know, 159. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that is a lot of points. You're looking at, what, 80 to 80 to hit the over? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, I don't think that that's a bad bet per se. Um, I'm going to go with Oral Roberts. I'll take the plus 11 just because if you're going to bet this game, like if you're like, okay, I'm, if you're like me and you're like, I'm going to bet every single game, you don't want to be on the side of the of – the, uh, like you don't want to see the Cinderella keep 
keep marching and not be on the side of it. It'd be way more enjoyable to be with them um, if they do keep it rolling. Um, so, yeah, I'll take Oral Roberts. Last game of the day on Saturday is Syracuse versus Houston. Houston's six-point favorites. This is an intriguing matchup for sure, but much like with Baylor and Nova, I like Houston here because of perimeter defense. I think that they'll be able to stick with the shooters for Syracuse. Offensively, I feel like the zone could give Houston some trouble, but Quentin Grimes is able to create, get into the heart of that zone, and he's he loves a mid-range pull-up. You need better shooting out of Sasser. Um the rebounding for Houston, I think, is going to be the difference maker in this game, even though Syracuse typically is a good rebounding team. Um, but I'm going to take Houston here, minus six. After that comeback win, now they got a week to rest up. They've had their scare. Uh, I don't think they allow it to happen again on the road to the Final Four. Well, the Elite Eight first, obviously, but to get to the Final Four. Um, so I'm going, to go, I'm going to go with Houston here. I'm going to take Houston minus six. Which side are you leaning? Um, it's it's a tough one. Just like you said, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if if Syracuse can rebound it on defense, then they can keep it close. But if Houston just keys on Bayheim, don't let him shoot a lot of uncontested threes. And then you you have a good chance of winning and covering. No, but, yeah, you pretty much know stop Bayheim and you should win. I don't know. At times Houston has let the last two games. Yeah, so I mean it's it's the three pointer. I mean I think that has to be a key to the game for Houston is to not allow Syracuse to shoot a lot of open threes, especially Bayheim. And yeah, I mean you like Syracuse doesn't turn the ball over that much, which is kind of worries you a little bit going betting Houston because Houston kind of thrives on turning people over and getting them running in transition. Um, I don't know. It's tough at six. I would like much feel a lot more comfortable if it was like five. But, I mean, at the end of the day, anything can happen. But, yeah, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Houston just because I don't – I picked against Syracuse twice already. So, it's like <laughs> third time's a charm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think Houston – should be able to handle Syracuse. Eventually, Bayheim's going to have – as soon as he has an off-shooting night, they're going to lose. So, I'll take Houston with the six. Um, all right, on Sunday, you got Creighton versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga's 13-and-a-half-point favorites. I'll take Gonzaga with the points, and I won't even think twice about it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't like Creighton. Creighton shouldn't even be here. Creighton should have lost round one to UCSB. Um, yeah, this spread should be bigger. Everyone's so. gone. This is an intriguing matchup. Creighton can score. I said, "Oh, really?" Creighton yeah. in their last four games is scoring sixty and a half points on average. Yeah. So Creighton cannot score, <laughs> and they can't play the defense to uh, stop no. Gonzaga. So I mean, hell no. They're gonna have to shoot the fucking lights out for this game to yes. be even. Balak has been close. having. He's been in a shooting slump all tournament. So they're gonna need Mitch Balak to hit seven threes to have a chance in this game. Um. If that happens, then we might be fucked. I don't see that happening. He's been in a shooting slump. I think it's going to continue. Uh, they're lucky to even be where they're at. So give me give me Gonzaga with the 13 and a half, and don't even think twice about it. Lock it in. Yeah, so I'm with you. Creighton, if they want a chance, they'll have to shoot at 55 or 60% from downtown. 
and it's not going to happen. So they're doomed. Yeah. Um, next game is probably the most intriguing of Sunday. Florida State versus Michigan. Michigan two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, this one's tough, like really tough. I'm going to go with Michigan here. Uh, I expect them to take better care of the ball, whereas Florida State struggles with turnovers. Um, Florida State does have the big the big guy down low. Uh, he's like 7'1", 7'2". Um, I don't think he's going to be able to handle Dickinson. I think Dickinson will have his way with him. He's a much better big man, more uh, of your prototypical style big man. He's going to back him down. He's going to hit him with a drop step, and he's going to get him in foul trouble early. Uh, Dickinson needs to stay out of foul trouble himself, though. He's been in foul trouble the last two games. I think he fouled out the first game. He's been he yeah. almost fouled out the second game. Um, so if he can stay out of foul trouble, I think they're a little more. They take care of the ball better, uh, establish down low in the paint, and just run your offense, play your game. I think that they can they can take care of Florida State in this one. Yeah, the biggest thing that you got to be worried about. With uh, this game, if you're taking Michigan, is Scotty Barnes, 6'9 guard, who we saw LSU's big guards give Michigan's guards a little bit of trouble because Michigan's guards are undersized. So to me, Barnes is going to have to have a good game. And Florida State, a team that turns the ball over on average 14 and a half times a game, and then in both their games in the tournament, they turned it over 15 times each. Um, if they turn the ball over 15 times again, then they're not going to have a chance against a well-coached Michigan team who uh, usually wins the turnover turnover battle. And if whoever wins a turnover battle is going to win the game, like you said, and I think that will be Michigan at the end of the day. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and there's probably some value here on a Michigan second-half bet. On a second-half, you think? Yeah. Um, I think – Critical thing. I mean, you saw it with LSU. They struggled a little bit in the first half. It's just a team that they they stick to the they stick to what they do, and at the end of the day, they know it's going to wear on a team. And I feel like that's their plan. Yeah, they play well, coached basketball, good, pretty good on the perimeter defending, but they're undersized at the guard position, which w- will worry you a little bit. But at the end of the day, they weather the storm, and in the second half. Against LSU, they just they were better, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think what's critical for Michigan is the contribution they got out of Chondi Brown. Played twenty seven minutes off the bench, uh, six and six for nine from the field. He scored twenty one points. So they got to have some other scoring options in the absence of Livers. Um, obviously, Eli Brooks had twenty one himself, five of nine from the three point line. Got twelve out of Dickinson, um, fifteen out of out of Wagner. Um, I feel like that's a good uh, momentum booster, uh, confidence booster for Chondi Brown to have a game like that against LSU, a big second half against an LSU team that was looking like they could really give Michigan some trouble. Um, so I think take that combined with Michigan's defense. I don't think Florida State, I know you said Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is coming off the bench. He's really raw talent. Uh, not really much of an outside shot. He's sloppy with the ball. I think if if Michigan wins the turnover battle, he's there. He's a point guard. Yeah, yeah. It just worries if he gets matched up with Smith. Smith's so small. Like we saw it with Smart had a lot of success against Smith early in the game. Mm-hmm. It's like somehow they if they figure out to get Brooks on him, 
then the Michigan should be good because Brooks is an excellent defender. Yeah. Who's still small, but, I mean, Smith's, like, really small. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, to me, I don't, like, the biggest thing I'll be worried about is if Scar, if Barnes is, Scarns, if Barnes, uh, Michael Scarns. <laughs> <laughs> if he's uh, getting penetration and somehow it's uh, allowing Florida State's perimeter players to, uh, the penetration drawing help and getting open threes for Florida State, that will worry me a little bit, but... I think, like you said, it's the turnovers that are going to haunt haunt Florida State in this one, and that's why I'm why I'm rolling with Michigan. Oh, yeah, Barnes doesn't really worry me all that much. He played 22 minutes last game. Uh, he's got some better guards in front of him. He's probably going to be the better NBA talent when it's all said and done. But like I said, he's still really raw right now. Um, he doesn't really look to score. That's not his. He he wants to facilitate. He can get hot. He can go on a run. Don't get me wrong, but. I mean, let's see, he had six points last game, uh, but he had five assists. That's what I'm saying. He's looking to facilitate. So, yeah, if if he can penetrate, get to the heart of the defense, and then dump it down to the big guys or find an open shooter in the corner, then it could pose some problems for Michigan. But I think Michigan's fundamentally sound on defense. um, And just I'm expecting – I'm thinking that Florida State's going to have a few too many turnovers. Um, I mean, they had 15 against Colorado. Just on the flip side, they forced Colorado into 19 of their own. So if Michigan wins the turnover battle, Michigan will win and cover this game. So I'm excited to watch this game, though. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we'll see what happens. But So we're both on Michigan with the points, two and a half? Yeah. Okay, next game of the day is UCLA versus Alabama. Alabama six-point favorites. Uh, UCLA dismantled Abilene Christian on Monday. Um and then, obviously, to get to where they where they are now, they had to go through. Um, Abilene Christian scored forty seven points. No, yeah, they can't score at all. That's why Shaka Smart deserves to be fired. Um, but before that, they went through a BYU, a six seeded BYU that shouldn't have been a six seed, um, but they won by eleven points. So, what are you? How are you feeling about this? Obviously, Alabama um, blew. Blue Michigan out – I mean, blew Maryland out of the water pretty much in their last game. Um, I feel like it's hard to not go with Alabama here. Yeah, it's a must. Like, it, Shackelford – Shackelford's hitting shots. Um, Alabama's playing very, very good right now. Yeah. And they're on – they're looking like that they could possibly be the team that goes to the Final Four from this. Yeah, I mean, they went 16-33 from the three-point line. If that happens, they're going to beat anybody. They scored 96 points um, and absolutely dominated the rebounding category, 40 to 19. So 15 to 4 on the offensive glass. So when they're missing threes, they're getting second opportunities, and they're not going to miss more than two. It's going to be interesting because I hope Michigan wins, obviously. So I think that Michigan's kind of a bad matchup for Alabama. Yeah. No, yeah, I hope we get to see that game. That, I, I, but, yeah, I that's want, a game I want to see because it's interesting. Yeah. I think teams that give Michigan a little bit of trouble is teams with bigger guards, and Michigan has good guards. But I feel like when their size match up well against another team, Michigan can play pretty damn good perimeter defense like they did against Ohio State. Um, So, I don't know. To me – like a recipe to beat Michigan is trying to get like the mid range going, and 
uh, we saw Michigan State able to do it and upset Michigan or, uh, to end the year. Yeah. But that was like the first game um, without – who was it? Oh, Brooks got hurt that game, mm-hmm. and that's like a big – and even their uh, one of their assistant coaches said that Brooks is, is their MVP, not their best player, but like the most, most, most important, important player. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so to me, overall, if that's a matchup and Michigan's able to defend the three well – I don't know. Alabama's going to have to rely on that that penetration, and I just don't know if they'll be able to do it against a, such a good team. But that ought to be a good matchup. Yeah, I think Alabama's the only choice here. Um, so the final. Game, yeah, I think you got to be on drugs a bit on Los <laughs> Angeles here. The final game of the day is um, another really good one: Oregon versus USC. USC's two and a half point favorites. Um, USC just dismantled Kansas, eighty-five to fifty-one. Oh, this is going to be a tough one, but I think I'm going to take the Ducks getting the points. Um, USC, I don't. USC had an incredible shooting performance against Kansas, 57 percent from the field, 61 percent from the three point line. Um, dominated. How did Oregon? What was Oregon's stats against Iowa? Or, they had to be damn. Yeah, I mean they put up 95 points. They had um, to be close. To so they shot 44 percent from the three point line, and then they shot 56 percent from the field. Okay. Um. Rebounds was even, 34 to 34. I don't think that USC is going to have – I think Oregon's coach is an idiot. Why? I mean, not Oregon's coach. Iowa. Iowa. I was about to say Oregon. I think he doesn't – Dana Altman's uh, – Look, let's be honest. I think he might have uh, miscounted how much they were down. Yeah. Uh, he was like playing this – He was the lineup he had in was like he was down 25 when he was down 15 with like a lot of time left. So it's yeah. like, dude – I just don't – there was a lot of players playing for Iowa that didn't play much this season, and I just don't know what the strategy was there. Um, maybe it was that they – there were younger players who might be quicker on their feet. So Iowa's guards uh, were getting beat off the dribble a lot in the first half, and maybe I, that's the only logical thing that I could think about was that they put in younger guys who might be a little bit better defensively to try to slow down Oregon, but that's the only... Yeah, they, they needed their shooters in there. Yeah, no, to me, it was like, you need to go at... It's going to be tat for tat if you want a chance to win, not um, whatever he was thinking, but because yeah. that was just... He owes, like, the whole team an apology, and especially, especially Garza for Garza the performance incredible. he put up and got basically not much help from really anybody. Yeah, no, Garza played incredible. Um if that is, and he said it is, that's his final performance in a Hawkeye jersey, that's the way to go out. Now, obviously, you want to go out with a win. Um, you want to go out with a championship. But individual performance, I mean, you can't ask for anything more or anything better. So uh, props to that dude. He got his jersey retired already. Um, incredible performance. Yeah, they the whole team. I mean, they put up 80. They put up 80 points. It's not like they didn't score the ball, but... They just could not stop. They couldn't stop Oregon. I mean, Oregon had um, damn near four guys at 20 points. You had 17, 23, 21, and 19 out of their top four players. Um, it, I mean, <laughs> any team that is shooting like that and getting that many contributions out of or out of that many different players, there's not really much you're going to be able to do. Um, the thing that worries me about Oregon is they don't go to their bench really at all so 
that could be an issue if the Mobley brothers are able to get some people in some foul trouble. But all you got to do is get Evan Mobley in foul trouble himself, and then USC's game plan is completely being altered because it's all around him. Yeah, or they play it kind of like they played against um, who, in my opinion, Iowa's a better offensive team than USC mm-hmm. because they have more options at uh, for shooting the three than than um, USC does. But I think you just let Mobley get what he gets. Yeah, and and on the inside, don't uh, go at him too much. Maybe you try to double him at times, but you don't want to get your guys in foul trouble, like you said. And other than Mobley, man, if he's not scoring, then who else is going to pick up the, the slack? Because at the end of the day, we've seen what Oregon can do. When they're fully healthy, um, they're a really good team and probably the most underrated team in the tournament right now. So No, yeah, I had been saying I think Oregon, Oregon can make a run, like a deep run. Um, and, I mean, they're a veteran. Now, Oregon's defense it wasn't like – but I think they the plan was to let – Guards to get his, but to to shield the perimeter because at the end of the day, we believe in our guys on the perimeter over their guys. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. And three's more than two. So um, they're a veteran team. they got three seniors and two juniors in their starting lineup. So I'm going to roll with the Ducks. They've got more scoring options. you got Will Richardson. I've been saying I think Duarte could take this tournament over, be one of the top players of the tournament. Um, you got LJ Figueroa. you got Omarui, who – I mean, just absolutely crashes the glass, but can, I mean, he's getting 17 points a game damn near himself. So there's way more options. One through five can score the ball. So I got to go with the Ducks. I, I really, I really do. Everybody, every of their starters, one through five, are averaging double digits or more. Um. So, yeah, give me Oregon, plus two and a half. This will probably be my biggest bet of the day, to be quite honest. Um. It's a Pac-12 match. Yeah, there was like a there other. was a game earlier in the year. Oregon was injured without some of their key players, and USC like got out. It was nineteen to two to start the game or something like that. Yeah, and USC beat them pretty good. And now I think this is somewhat of a revenge game. Yeah, for, they beat them seventy-two to fifty-eight for Oregon, where now Oregon's fully healthy. And uh, I mean, just so far what they showed, what they did against Iowa was. Pretty damn good. I mean, I, I'm thinking that they'll be able to, to to show off a little bit against USC. No, yeah, the matchups I want to see. I want to see Gonzaga versus Oregon. I think Oregon could give Gonzaga their toughest test of the year. I want to see Michigan versus Bama. I want to see Baylor versus – I don't really give a fuck anybody in the, over there. I don't really care to see anybody over there. Um, but then I want to see, see Houston versus uh, Loyola Chicago. Those are the Elite Eight matchups I'm looking for. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, hopefully everybody can make some money. It can go their way. Hopefully, uh, we can get these picks right and help you along your way to make some money. Um, but I'm excited. I'm just glad to be in the midst of the tournament. Uh, I'm definitely interested to see how everything plays out real quick, real quick. I will recap mine, um, which I'm pretty sure we have a lot of similar picks. Um, give me Loyola Chicago minus six and a half. Give me Baylor minus seven. Give me Oral Roberts plus 11. Houston minus six. That's it for Saturday. On Sunday, 
Uh, I'm taking Gonzaga minus 13 and a half, Michigan minus two and a half, Alabama minus six, and Oregon plus two and a half. Um, I might hop in on a couple over unders that you have, um, but as of right now, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Oregon State, Loyola, Chirac under 125 and a half, and then I'm going with Baylor minus seven, which I like if this grows, which I could see it growing, I'd like it eight and a half. Probably max, something like that. But, yeah. I mean, it's a game that I could see total domination from tip to the end. And then in Oral Roberts, Arkansas, I think the, the safest bet might here might be the under 159 just because if, if somehow Oral Roberts duo does struggle to score in this one, um, then Arkansas will probably win, but the over won't hit. Yeah, And then – on the other, you might want to like look at this as a hedge situation slash that one or two of these might hit. It's the uh, Oral Roberts plus eleven and a half and the under. Like I don't think both of those don't hit. I could be wrong. Yeah. But um. Yeah. And then in Houston, this one's a tough one against Syracuse. But I'm gonna roll with uh, the Cougars minus six. And then on Sunday, going with Gonzaga minus thirteen and a half. Michigan minus two and a half, Alabama minus six and a half, and Oregon plus two and a half. So yeah, I don't think we were different on any any of them, uh, other than you just added a couple over unders. Yeah, and then I didn't pick against the spread in Oregon State, Loyola, Chicago. Yeah, right. Um, all right. Do we have anything else on the tournament to touch on? Um, that should pretty much do no, it. no. Um, all right, UFC 260s this week. I'm not really too interested in diving into it. We, we can mention it uh, a little bit. If you have some that you want to go in on, feel free. Uh, Sean O'Malley's back after the uh, upsetting defeat to whoever the hell it was. Can't remember. Colombian dude, I think. Um, I remember O'Malley. Everybody thought he might have really fucked his ankle up. Apparently it wasn't that bad. Well, he's back versus Thomas Almeida. Uh, minus 330. You got to bet a lot to win a little. Uh, Tyrone Woodley's fighting Vicente Luque. Um, Luque's a big favorite. Woodley's on his way out the door. Um, he's got his mediocre mediocre rap career that he's been trying to get to take off but can't. Um, and then the main event, the the top fight of the night is the uh, heavyweight battle between Stipe Miocic versus Francis Naganu. Uh, you're actually getting plus money on Stipe, who's arguably, and it might not even be arguably, the greatest heavyweight of all time. They fought before. Stipe dominated him, did he not? Um, I'm not sure how the fight went, to be honest. I vaguely remember I know Stipe won. I know that Stipe got hit with some of the shots and he was able to survive. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people are saying if Stipe gets hit with those I thought it was a shots again. I thought it was a unanimous decision. I could be wrong. That um, he won't make it. Yeah, I'm rolling. But I don't I don't agree with that because yeah, it was a unanimous decision five round, but it Naganu, I think, clipped him a couple of times, but not anything yeah. that to me, Steve H. Chin's gotten better since then. Yeah, if you want Because he got knocked out by Cormier and then he ate two shots. There was three Cormier fights in a row. He ate some big shots from Cormier in the last two fights and he because he was able to eat those, he won. Yeah. So to me, I don't know. I don't know how you make an argument that his chin is is lesser. I know he's a good bit older than he was in the first fight, but I don't. To me, his chin is stronger than it was because Daniel Cormier knocked him out in 2018, and then in 2019 and 2020, he was able to withstand the storm. Yeah. Um. 
to me, this is kind of like a similar situation between uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder in the rematch. You think so? Yeah, other than it's UFC and uh, people get knocked out more over here, it seems. And I, mean, I know Deontay Wilder just knocked out about just about everybody that he beat. But, um, yeah, I think that if Stipe plays def- defense in the first round, all of a sudden Naganu's in, in a place that he hasn't been in a while because um, his last four fights, only one of them's gone over one minute. Yeah. So there could be some rust there of actually going into getting later into a, getting into a real battle with somebody. I mean, he's always got the chance to knock him out, but if Stipe uh, just plays defense and trusts trust his, his technique, I think that he'll come out on top. And I think yeah, there is some value, which it, it it's been coming down a good bit because of probably there's been some money on Stipe, but um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I go with Steve A. He's 38. Plus, I saw plus 105. I don't know what it's at now. It's pretty old. Um, But, yeah, if you can get plus money on the reigning heavyweight champion, who is, I would say, the greatest heavyweight of all time, um, you got to roll with that. So it'll be a good fight. I'm looking forward to see it. I'm excited to see Sean O'Malley back in the octagon. Um, And, yeah, I mean – Hopefully it doesn't conflict it with any March Madness games. I'm sure they'll be long over by the time that card rolls around. Um, yeah, you don't like um, you don't like Woodley. No, I don't. Yeah, like if you're betting on Woodley here, long, I definitely hope to see a different Woodley than we've seen in his past. A more inspired Woodley. So I mean, I would look at. I don't know exactly what it is right now, but the over under for rounds, we could be looking at an under here. Um. Just because I think Woodley's got to kind of put it on the line, dude. You don't want to go out like you you lost to Usman, Burns, and Covington, who are the best three guys in the division. Let's be honest. Um, you don't want to go out like that because if you lose this, you're you're out. Yeah. Okay. So. No, yeah, you're not in the equation. Either go all. get knocked out or knock them out is is the way that I think Tyron Woodley should approach his fight. I mean, he hasn't really been knocked out. Colby Covington kind of warmed down and got a finish in the fifth round, but other than that, he hasn't he hasn't been knocked out. But he's fought in these last three fights conservatively, and I like like he doesn't have anything to lose, but he's got a lot to lose now. So yeah, it's his legacy's on the line at this point. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, what is the over under? I'm not sure. I'm sure it's right around probably two and a half. Yeah, it's just that it's just what we think the odds are going to be. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But yeah, I mean, it'll make for a good Saturday. You got first round, the first half of the Elite Eight, and then a pretty solid UFC card. So definitely be worth watching for sure. Obviously, you want to see anytime the heavyweights battle it out for the belt, it's worth watching. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not really too. I don't know if uh, it's not something I would like totally uh, guess if you really want to bet UFC because basketball is not going good for you. It's a it's one I would eye up. And if you could get like minus 120 on whatever the the under is, you might want to look at it because I don't know. Just Woodley's got to show something, something different. He can't just get on defense and try to survive in this one. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, All right. You got anything else before we go? Nope. 
All right, that is episode 76 of Big Easy Bets, um, the Elite Eight. Right around the corner, we are in the midst of the madness. Uh, if you have any questions on any games, um, any specific questions, I mean, we pretty much touched on every single game. But if there wasn't something that we answered, feel free to message us on the Big Easy Bets Twitter page, um, and we're going to look to keep it rolling. I think we you, we were both in the green uh, for the first weekend, uh, and we're going mean, to keep that going. There's not much more you can do. Enjoy it while you can because – you never know when it's going from you, just like last year. All right, y'all have a good one. Who that? We do. We play like we play.